This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. Welcome to Shrink Chicks, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We are back today. With an episode that got so many questions. <laughs> more than we've ever had before. It has to be more than we've ever had before. They gave That's- us four pages of questions, and this is just the ones that were selected. This is not all of them. And so what we're talking about is fucking in-laws. And everyone fucking has... in-laws. <laughs> everyone has a question, a thought, a concern. Our favorite one that we got asked was, is having in-laws mandatory because no thanks? <laughs> And the answer is no. I guess. You could just not get married. Well, that's a really smart way to keep yourself right? safe. I mean, that's a way to do protect nothing, yourself. Right? Just do absolutely just nothing. Just do absolutely pure avoidance. So I'm into that, by the way. <laughs> of just course you are. <laughs> love that avoidance tactic. So I feel like there's like this interesting part of it's such a triggering subject for so many people. And so many people are like, even the amount of questions we got of like, how do I prepare for them? Like people that don't even have in-laws yet are worried (laughs) about this. And so I don't know what that says about our society, that we have such a negative connotation with in-laws. I have a bunch of theories about it. Okay. I want to hear every one of your theories. One of them is that, and I'm sure we'll probably mention this as we go through questions, is that you are directly experiencing 
uh, the reason why your partner might be the way that they are, like the things that irritate you the most in your partner, you see where they develop and you have no control over it. Mm. Right. That like with your, you know, and with your family, you might feel more comfortable to say certain things or to set certain boundaries. And it feels like you have so much less control over the boundaries that are being set with your in-laws. And and I think that, you know, once again, the things that bother you the most in your partner, you'd see the direct cause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At times. It was funny because somebody wrote in and said, I love my in-laws and I have an amazing relationship and I feel bad telling people that. Oh, wow. Like they had guilt over like what a wonderful relationship they had with their in-laws because like that wasn't the norm around them. I am so happy for that I know, person. right? No, you shouldn't feel guilty. That's oh, so, congratulations. I am thrilled for them. Just thrilled. I think, I think what you're saying is like completely true though, right? Like you see this thing in your partner that's like, okay, like here's one. My partner has no sense of time. Like, just, you know, whenever we get there, we get there. Oh, man, whatever we figure out, we figure out. Uh, and I'm like, you know, from the fucking Northeast. So I'm like, nah, 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 nah. we got to do it now. Wait, what's the time? What's the schedule? When we is are it always <laughs> early to things. We're early to everything. But we're also have a tight schedule and there's no, we have plans and stuff. And when I'm with his family, like when we're staying there, we're like going out on the boat or we're doing things with them. It is like, oh, yeah, whatever time you think. Nah. And I'm like, here's where you get it. <laughs> that is the, uh, honestly, that's exactly how my husband is, too. They say that they run on Filipino time, <laughs> which apparently is like 10 minutes later than you should be. But I think he's, he is definitely running 10 minutes <laughs> later than 10 minutes. I have to say he was actually 15 minutes late to our first date. <laughs> Wait, were you 15 minutes early to your first date? Probably. So it was like Probably. a whole 30 minutes I was chilling and I was texting my friends like, what the fuck's this dude doing? And we have this thing where like sometimes you and I, like when someone's running late for a meeting, we're always like, ah, oh, they're late. One minute. We're like one minute. We're judgmental. We're really we're judgmental real. about punctuality. We should stop that right now. Well, I think we've been burned in the past with people that are late. Wait, we've literally been stood up for a business meeting. Remember that one time we were waiting at a restaurant for a business meeting and the person never came? Anytime that happens to us, though, we end up being like, it's OK, we'll just get lunch with each other <laughs> like we always do. But like, <laughs> It'd be different if we were by ourselves. So I think that there's a time. And also when we were first starting the practice, I mean, at the very beginning, when we were first getting clients in, we had no idea who was going to show up and who wasn't. No. So, like, clients would be, like, two minutes late. I'm like, oh, they're no-showing me. Like, I lost another one, you know, right? Like, Yep. And then they come in, right? Yeah. You, end then, up, yeah. you put your show on. You, like, put your show on. You're like, I guess they're not coming. And you hear them coming in the door. Yeah. So, like, that's probably something you and I should deal with. So, right. Um, 100%. But we have some of our own Some, some of, of our, our own, own shit with that one. Yeah. But, so, I think what you're saying is right, though. Is like, you see this shadow part of them the trigger part shadow. and yes and then you get you're like oh that's your fucking family and this is who made this way and you like take out your anger you project it onto your in-laws that maybe yes. you have at your partner you ever do that it's because it's so much easier to be angry at someone who you're not directly dealing with day to day yeah than to be angry at your partner because you it's it's so much easier to be like, well, this is your fault that my partner is like this, mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to like my partner is also an adult and they can make certain changes and yes. they can take responsibility for themselves. But isn't it so much easier to blame other people? Yes. <laughs> Feels better, too. 
it feels so much better to blame the parents. And then I don't have to have a hard, uncomfortable conversation with my partner. I can or, just blame your family. Right. Or we don't have to have a hard, uncomfortable conversation with your parents. The whole thing. Mm-hmm, blame mm-hmm. is just so much easier than all Always. of the healthier things that we could choose to do. So we need to just dive right into questions today. And That's basically true. what we're going to do is we're going to record as long as we can. And this is going to be split up into as many parts as it is. And that's how we're going to do this. Okay. So bear with us. Bear with us. All right. Here we fucking go. Let's talk about conflict Conflict. and confrontation. That's our first category. Conflict and confrontation with your in-laws. Why does everything my mother-in-law do irritate me? (laughs) Why are mother-in-laws so triggering? Expand. You just brought it up. You opened it up with this one, huh? Wow. So, okay. I have so many thoughts colliding at once. I was just going to say, I think there could be a lot of things, right? So I'm thinking about the connection that I don't know if this person's in a heterosexual relationship, but I'm making the assumption that there's a connection that your mother-in-law has with your partner and that letting go of that connection to be able to relinquish them and say, you can build this connection or partnership with someone else may be really hard for your mother-in-law. And you're I talk, think that, talking like a true Jew. Uh-huh. I'm talking like a Jew. It's true. This is, this is, this is coming from Jewish the Jew mothers? perspective. <laughs> that Bad boundaries. There's, right. And I, but I think that that also translates into yeah, that the boundaries that have to be adjusted in order to let go of control or to say that I'm going to welcome you into the family. I think that's a huge adjustment for some mother-in-laws. And I think that that comes out in so many different ways. Yeah. Right. I think we have this other idea where we have we have an idea about what we want our married life to look like. And it involves this amazing relationship with our in-laws. Of course, we want a larger, bigger family, right? Like you think about this idea of like, wouldn't it be so great that I have this great relationship with my my mother-in-law and like we love each other and I, I like expanded this wonderful family, especially if I don't have a great relationship with my family of origin. And then like it doesn't happen. And then we also remember that like they are people who have their own shit that affects our shit. And I think that there is a grief that comes with that and a reactivity that comes with that, like, shit is not the way I want it to be. Right. I would have questions for this person, right? Like, what were your expectations going into this? What are the things that are the most irritating to you in your relationship Mm -hmm. with your mother-in-law? And do you feel like you're able to set boundaries around it? Do you have the ability to have conversations with your mother-in-law, right? So, like, If you don't feel like you can talk to your mother-in-law or set boundaries, then those things might be more triggering. So I just have so many other questions for this person, too. Yeah. How the heck do you even prepare for them? Honestly. I like what you said, Em, earlier about looking at your expectations and saying, what are my expectations about what my relationship is going to be like with my in-laws? And is that necessarily realistic at all times, right? It is great to have a great relationship, but that doesn't always happen clearly by the amount of questions that we've gotten. It's interesting because I thought about like when someone says, how the heck do you prepare for them? I was thinking about like if somebody's starting a new job, do you prepare for them or do you prepare yourself? Right. 
do you make sure you, I keep thinking about school, do you make sure you have your three-ring binder? Do you make sure you have your highlighter? It's like, that's, yeah. I don't think that's what I was going to work with. But, right? But I like think typical, you're thinking about school, no? Yeah, I'm confused, yeah. We don't have but, a typical uh, <laughs> office job. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> but you, I would imagine binder. you typically prepare yourself and then whoever they are is who they are. You could end up with a shitty boss, a shitty manager, a shitty office mate, and you you focus on you. So I think you have to also think about it. I don't know if it's about preparing for them or preparing for yourself. How am I going to feel if this ends up different than I want it to? How is this going to be if I'm disappointed? How is it going to be if I, I feel weird on family vacations or staying in the same house as them and like staying overnight, things like that. I think it's more about like preparing like you, your expectations, your motivations behind stuff. And are you going in setting yourself up for failure? I like that. Right. What well, I mean, I mean, I know you didn't, is... but you did like my analogy about three ring notebooks. Well, only because <laughs> it made uh, just because I don't know if people are taking three ring binders into an office job, maybe school, you know, but like, I don't think they do that for school anymore either. I think that was very how, 2001. But like, how much fun was that? You get like your Lisa Frank notebook. Remember her? Mm-hmm. How's she doing? She problematic? <laughs> Oh, wait. I, cheer, did her ass get canceled? Probably. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Lisa Frank, where'd you go? Are you okay? I don't know, but I feel like any time I've done psychedelics, it's just Lisa Frank. Like, I, is that not the most psychedelic shit you've ever seen? Not even a question. Like, I want to know what Lisa Frank was taking. <laughs> because I would Can like I mean? some. Yeah. <laughs> Had to be. <laughs> I would love that. But wasn't that so much fun when you would, like, go to Staples we can still do that now. We run our own business. We do that. And it's very fun. It's probably yeah. the best part of running our own business is yes. getting all, all of those three ring binders. <laughs> My shit would always rip. I would be a mess. That was the ADHD talking to me from an well, early age. When I saw a meme a while ago that was like, all those people that their backpacks were a mess, where are you now? And I was like, it's me. I'm running a business. <laughs> My backpack's still a mess. <laughs> My purse is a mess. Our our internal selves are a mess. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. you got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. How to handle in-law conflict if your partner will not speak up to their parents. Guess you'll have to. We cannot control other people. If there is a real problem that's like actually a problem, right? Not just like, I don't love the way that they're 10 minutes late to stuff, right? Like, I'm like, that's actually dumb that I care about that, you know? If there's a real issue, whether my partner wants to do it or not, I have to take responsibility of what feels important for me. So if it feels really important for a direct communication to happen, even if your partner would do it, if it matters to you, you have to do it. And I think there's a way, too, where you can have this conversation of like, is this something we can address together? Right. You can start like that. Is this something we can address together? Or is this something that I have to directly address to have this conversation with your partner beforehand and see if you can take it from there? You know what I was thinking is like also I keep just thinking about and I know this is a very heteronormative idea of talking about it, but like the villain mother-in-law and the villain daughter-in-law. And do we fall into those patterns without even trying? Right. So like we have this fear if I stand up to my in-laws or I say something directly, it's like they're not going to like me and I'm like this nagging wife, like the fear that I am. We have to release that. We have to be OK with people not liking us. Am I talking I, to myself? <laughs> yeah, I think you might be. Should I put a mirror? I was that mirror just an eye statement? Was that Can you see yourself in the Zoom? I think it was. But I do think if you think about when you're first meeting like your partner's parents, you want so badly for them to like you. It is like, I, in order for me to be loved in this relationship, I need their parents. I need my, you know, hopefully potential future in-laws to also love me. And I think something we have to talk about is the transition from I am in this place of I need to prove myself. I need to, you know, I need to please these people too. I'm a human being. I'm in this family and I need to be able to set my own boundaries. I think we have, you know, we have the space and opportunity to make that transition in our relationship because we're with that person all the time, right? We go from like this honeymoon stage of like, I need this person to like me. I'm not going to fart in front of them. I'm going to make sure I'm doing everything perfectly to, okay, you know, we're really getting to know each other. And I think that there's so much more space to do that in your relationship with your partner and not with your in-laws or your partner's parents. And so that 
is also a transition that has to happen, but might happen so much slower because you have less opportunity for it. Yeah. But I think you're so right. I think sometimes we go into a relationship, one that we really want to work, work out, quote unquote, which we typically mean marriage. Mm -hmm. Like we feel like if we can get their parents to approve of us, then that like locks me in. And so I think that there's a like a false sense of safety and security. But like your in-laws can fucking love you when your partner walks out the next day. Right. I mean, it actually is doesn't give you that much. Uh, or well, I just had I just had this thought of like, if if it does give you that much, right? Like, what does that say about your partner's relationship with your parents, with their parents, their parents right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If if their approval means so much to your partner that they would be like, oh, well, my family loves them, so I must love them. Ooh, Ugh, that's why I made that face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not great either. Right. So, so that's what I mean. It's false. It's false. Right. It's but we more, all want security. I know. We all want to be loved. <laughs> I want things to be safe so bad. I want everyone to love me. Me too. <laughs> so it's so hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but I think that that's something. It's once again, it's a transition that has to be made, especially when you, you know, you have to create this boundary around your relationship with your partner separate from their parents, separate from your parents. That's a really hard transition to make. Yeah, it is. And we'll get more into that, I'm sure. How to go about telling overbearing in-laws that you're going to elope? Well, first, let me say, I'm guessing you're eloping for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, hey, we're going to be eloping. We know it's not maybe the choice that you would pick for us. We're still really excited about this decision. And we wanted to let you know, period. And people, they're going to react how they react. You cannot control how other people are going to take something. It doesn't matter how perfectly you say it. Now, there's wrong ways to say stuff. If you say, hey, by the way, fuck you guys. We're <laughs> fucking eloping. That probably is going to elicit a very right. different reaction. Right. But all you can control is your part of it. Tell them with kindness. Tell them with sensitivity. It's what we call a soft startup versus a harsh startup, right? A soft startup is, hey, I know this might be hard and it's probably you had ideas about what this wedding would look like. We've made this decision. We love you and we hope that this can work too. And maybe there's another way we could have a dinner in a few months or something. That's, right? Like, yeah. Right. You can give like another, add something at the end. Exactly. We but, can celebrate this in a different way together. But you dinner. can say it perfectly and they can freak the fuck out. And they there's might. nothing you can do to control that. So it's about what feels good for me. If I'm in alignment with myself and I'm holding myself and my personal values and my integrity, I need to say it that way. And don't wait. Don't avoid it. Don't and don't be passive about it. I mean, holding you're probably, it in, you're probably it avoiding in. it. If you're asking us first, you're probably avoiding it. And that's OK. That's something I would do. But definitely <laughs> tackle it sooner rather than later. <laughs> And this, there might be less stress because of the eloping, but the amount of pressure that it feels, you know, there's a lot going on with with getting married and that it's about the two of you. And it's to be able to once again, put that boundary around your relationship mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to get this out of the way so that I can focus on this marriage. My in-laws were so great about our wedding. They were not overbearing. At My in-laws were like, not. Nah. They're like, yeah, whatever you guys are doing. Like, they were super chill. I can't imagine how stressful that would feel because I already had, like, dynamics with my own mom, right? Like, right. so, like, one's enough. You know, when you already yep. have, like, your own parents. Like, I can't imagine how that would feel to have stress from your in-laws. Like, that really makes me sad. I think I would elope. 
Like yeah. if uh, I, you know, I, I also didn't have that experience where I was having like a lot of input from either side, actually, which was nice. But I your really mom didn't think... like your wet- first wedding dress, though. No, she didn't. I love that one. You looked so good in that wedding dress. Thank you. <laughs> didn't choose it. Maybe we should buy it now for fun. That would be great. I also wonder if this person really knows themselves to be able to say, hey, we want to elope like this is a choice that we're making for a specific reason, especially if there are overbearing parents involved. But yeah, I can't imagine either what that must be like. It just creates another level of pressure. We should probably do a whole episode on like weddings. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Multiparter. We should maybe each month should just be a theme. And we right. just do four episodes of that theme. Oh, I like that. Okay, everyone can vote in and tell us if you like yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My partner sees moving away from her parents as abandoning them. So one, I want to ask about the cultural component. Is there a cultural part here about what expectations? And is it not necessarily even just seen as abandoning? Have you been told that from a young age? If you have been told directly or indirectly and as part of your culture that you do not leave your parents, then of course she sees it that way. And that's really hard, especially if there's two different cultures you're coming from. Yeah. And I wonder how much your partner might have been parentified growing up, asked to take care of. And I wonder if there's reasons for it, right? Like, are there reasons that your parents needed help in some way? But I think, it, it, you know, with bringing that up, it takes a really honest conversation about that. Like, do your parents. Do your partner's parents really need them for something? Is there some is there something else you could put in place if they do really need them for something like, you know, physical help or translation? Maybe they're first generation. Right. And they're the only person whose English was their first language. Right. So they help with translating, writing paperwork. It's true. There's so many things. They own a family business together. Right. There's so right. There's so many. And that's why we need like a a call Mm -hmm. in line to really understand more about this. So I guess you have to say is like, what's it going to mean for you? If you write, like, what does that mean for you and your relationship if your partner does not feel that while their parents are living, they can leave the area? What's that mean for you? Mm. Does that work for you? Right. What's that mean for your relationship? I think it's a because what happens is that, you know, this trickles into your romantic relationship. That's really what causes a lot of these struggles. And so being able to honestly and openly have the conversation around this, because I think so quickly we get into this push pull of like, this is what you should be doing, right? Like, I think we should, your parents are fine. I think we should leave. You're not abandoning them. Why don't we move to blah, blah, blah. As opposed to let's talk about our different perspectives and really talk through this, have some conversations around us. This might be a good time for couples therapy. Just saying, you know, mm-hmm. someone to really help you navigate this because it's really it's not as easy as one would like it to be. That yeah. that's where compromise and communication is really important. Mm-hmm. How to cope with really deceitful and aggressive sister-in-laws. So I'm going to start out by saying just because you married into a family does not give them permission to hurt you, to abuse you, to bully you, to lie, like any of these things. Like, Jess, I think we have this idea that, like, whenever we talk about the concept of family, people will make, like, a lot of excuses, right? Like, well, they're family. Wait a second. People love saying that. I know. What is that? I don't know. This goes back to something I blame on the Kardashians. (laughs) I know that that, that's, that's a reach. I understand that. 
I'm sticking with it. This shit. <laughs> okay, but they have a very supportive family and a ton of money. That we know of. Right. That's true. That we know of. That is true. That's all we see. Yeah. Although I do know you love the new season. The new season is so you know, I've actually never, you know, I've never actually seen an episode of the Kardashians. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I am going to. I'm going to, I'm going to battle back with that one. You keep bringing it up. You know, you know me. If You have to force me into reality TV. Listen. But when I do. Because I'm too busy watching the same show over and over Right. <laughs> right. That is part of it. No, but I think, I think this, this pertains to anything, whether they're your in-laws or whether you, you know, have a parent who was really abusive or and people have say, oh, well, they're your parent. You know, they're your father. You should have a relationship with them. No, it's, I don't think there's any excuse for someone being abusive, aggressive towards you. Mm-hmm. Well, deceitful. Use the, it's interesting that deceitful. Right. I'd like to know. What right. So like, I wonder if there is um, some talking behind people's backs, if there's some bullying, there's some really passive aggressive behavior. And the hard part is that, like, we could sit here and we could give you the world's best script of how to say something and people are going to be who they are. So I can give you the best script of how to approach your sister-in-law with that of, hey, listen, when you made that comment last week at family dinner and then I saw you talking to so-and-so and clearly looking and making comments about me, like, let's be really honest. Like, that really hurt. It really sucked. I really want to have a relationship with you. What What's happening here? Is there a problem with me? You know, I can give you the script and she might still be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say anything. You're being really sensitive. You're being really sensitive. And then you put yourself out there and hurt even more. So once again, like, what is your alignment? Do you want to say something? And I will also say, are we putting assumptions of how somebody might behave? Is there something you did to hurt this person that has made them react this way? Or do they feel like just marrying into their family hurt them? Right, right. Some people have weird family names. There's something called rubber fence boundaries. And uh, so, like, imagine, like, a fence line. And then, like, imagine, like, oh, it looks like I can just, like, walk into this gated area, but it's actually rubber and it snaps you right back. So, like, there are families that have these rubber fence boundaries that they look like they are permeable, but they're actually are not. Right. And sometimes you marry into one. And it's hard for people to let other people into the family. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's also a way to say it to, to where you don't have to have a relationship with her. Right. And where you can say, listen, that is OK if you don't like me, but I really just would appreciate more respect in this relationship. Yeah. Right. And I think what happens is that we instead of going straight to the source, we end up complaining to our partner about it. Right. And then our partner might feel torn that that's my sister and I feel uncomfortable about this. And then it gets brought into the relationship. And so to be able to go straight to the source and say, hey, listen, I can tell that you might not like me or we might not get along, which is completely fine. Um, I just would like to have a cordial relationship with you, right? Mm -hmm. Where you don't have to have this close relationship, but you've, for you to be able to go straight to the source and say, this is important to me so that every time you're going to a family dinner, you're not feeling like complete shit and you know, and also your the your sister-in-law knows that you're going to stick up for yourself and you're going to set those boundaries with her.
A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash There was this really gross trend on TikTok. I feel like this was like probably six months ago. And I can't remember what the sound was, but it was like the sound. It was like moms. And it was like how I'm going to be towards the first girl that my son is with. First of all, it's very heteronormative. Right. Do you remember this? And two, that's fucking weird and gross. Yeah. What was that? And so many people did it. That is the perfect example of what I was trying to say in the first question. Yeah. Of like, why wouldn't you be accepting of your child's partner? Right. You're like, I, I, is that a biological thing that happens? It was really fucking weird. It like, but that happens all the time of like, I'm going to protect this child. Right. It's like mama bear comes out of like, I'm going to protect this child. And the assumption is you get into a romantic relationship, you're going to get hurt. So I have to protect you. It was, I knew a lot of people that did it and people that I was surprised to see do it. And I thought it was very weird. Mm hmm. 
And then socially celebrated. People like commenting each other's like, oh, that's going to be me to my daughter-in-law too. One, how do you know your child's straight? Two, ew, what? They're two years old. What the fuck are you talking about? This is weird. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not a parent. I'm wondering for you, like, do you feel, when you picture in the future, Millie getting into a relationship with whoever she gets into a relationship with, like, as you picture that, how does that feel for you? I don't know. If it's a straight man, it's going to be so hard. My husband, I want Millie <laughs> to be queer so badly. <laughs> I can't. I It's weird, right? Because, I, like, I get it, right? Like, I have an only child. So there's feelings that come up around having an only child about, like, what would that feel like for her to end up with someone I totally do not vibe with? And then she moves across the country and we don't see her. And, like, rightly, like, I can understand how scary that is. Like, that can feel like abandonment. Okay. Right? Like, I, you know what I mean? That I also can't imagine making her suffer because of that. I also feel like then it would be up to me to be like, okay, like I'm going to try to travel and see you, you know, like how, like, I think that like, I would hope that at that age and at that place in my relationship, we could have a lot of conversations of how to make something work, even if it wasn't my ideal. And I, I think that's a testament to the fact that you've also done a lot of your own work, right? And if you didn't do that work and you know, you felt abandoned by Millie, mm -hmm. like how easy would it be to get to like dislike her partner even more for taking her away or like to be more reactive. But you've done so much, obviously, of your own work and like, you know, all about this. Millie from has multiple times said so like we have these next door neighbors and have this great house. You've been over there. Yes. Um, yeah. Great fucking house, right? <laughs> Amazing. Millie, Millie will talk about she says, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to live here next to our house. <laughs> That is so nice. And how do you feel about that? I'm like, oh, no, there's so many better places. So well, I have things that, for you to do. I, I, when, I was younger, I, when I was younger, I was like, I'm never leaving the suburbs. I love the suburbs. That's Look at me, me now. <laughs> That's still me. I'm like, I'm never leaving the woods. Yeah. Um, so like I do have like there is a part of me that can understand how that feels mm -hmm. as a parent. And then there's a part of me that's just like, dude, like, what the fuck is with your boundaries if you're going to sabotage your kid's future and relationships? Like, that part's weird to me. Well, and it it might speak to, too, like, if, you know, if we go back, if we think about it systemically and how your partner's parents, maybe their parents did the same thing to them, right? How much were they allowed to lead their own life? Mm-hmm in relation to their parents and yeah. how are they passing that down? And that is where you can break intergenerational curses, so to speak, by being able to do your own work and say, I am going to give the space to my child to do what they need to do, regardless of what it's bringing up for me. Yeah. And I think I had like, right, like my husband moved away from his family. And I will say that when we lived in Philadelphia, they did not have good feelings about that. They didn't like the big city, the big city. <laughs> Philly the is like big walk. That's that's how it feels to them, though, right? Like yeah. now, when we moved out to the suburbs, which was still like six hours away, they were like, "Great, wonderful!" Like very different because it was anxiety-producing for them to drive into the city, and it, you know, like we had a smaller place. It's a very different situation, but I have been able to see, you know, the beauty of them not putting shit onto my husband, and like what a gift that has been for him. And do you feel like a transition has happened for them to be able to like get used to that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I say I say that with the idea of like I think that that transition sometimes does happen 
Yes. Right. Where there's this expectation of like this, this has to happen immediately. They have to immediately be comfortable with this. And I think that's one of the things that we have to remember is that relationships take years. It is not instantaneous. So this idea that it's going to be so perfect and so great, it might not start out that way. But relationships, long, intimate relationships take a lot of time. Especially when those relate when you're not seeing that person or relating to that person every single day, right? Like how much quicker can growth happen in your romantic relationship as opposed to your relationship with your in-laws? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you don't have direct contact with them every day. And you probably, you know, you might prefer to not have direct contact with them every day. So yeah. that's why that transition might take so much longer. And so I think that's another piece of like being patient with the relationship too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like we only have time for one more question from this one before we have to go to Dear Emma Jen. Is that um, true? I swear to fucking God. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm not kidding. So let's do one more question and then we'll do Dear Emma Jen because those okay. days take a while. Okay. Pick a good one. Uh, that's, I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Just pick whatever. Pick a, all right. You pick a good one. <laughs> Shit. Because I can't take the pressure. Okay. I got one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm skipping around a little. Is that okay? It's harder for me to keep up with, but yeah. Okay. ADHD. <laughs> You're skipping because of your ADHD and I can't keep up because of my ADHD. It's really a problem. We're sorry in advance to all of the listeners. But I, I, I think this is interesting because um, I'm in the boundaries section. Mm. In-laws say rude things jokingly about my partner, how to set a boundary with them. What would you say? Initial response. If that happened. I think I would have... I feel very protective in my relationships, like very protective. So I think I might say something like, oh, actually, I don't agree with that. You know, I might say something pretty quick of like, I don't really agree with that. I also might sit with my partner and say to my husband, hey, I noticed that your family makes these jokes. How how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it might not be having the same effect on them. That's like part of their family rules. That's how we talk to each other. Right. Exactly. If that's if that's part of their connection. Right. You have some families who joke, make fun of each other, bust each other's balls where (laughs) that. (laughs) I really just look like you saying balls. Thank you. I'll try to integrate it more into my verbiage, Um, (laughs) you know, and if your family didn't do that, then it might be an adjustment to make. Right. So I think I would also sit down with my partner and say, hey, how does this feel for you? If I knew that it was affecting my partner, if my partner would come home. And say like, oh, this like that sucked. I was with my family and like they were saying all this shit about me that I think I would be more likely to be more protective in those moments and say those things or say. Mm -hmm. And I might say, are you comfortable with me saying something, Mm -hmm. you know, in the moment? Okay, so you're different than me. So what would you do? (laughs) What would you do? Burn the house down. (laughs) my, My reaction would you say, ouch. I mm-hmm. had a reaction from that comment and then look at my partner and say, how do you feel about that? Mm. I like that. You know, but for some people, that might be really overwhelming for you to put them on the spot like that. I know I'm in a different situation. I know my partner. Yeah. I know they can handle that. You know what I mean? So, like, that's how it would work in my relationship. If I had a different partner, I'd probably react a different way. Yeah. But um, I'm a big fan of ouch. Same. Like, I mean, my, my partner would definitely not be offended, I think, so, if someone was like that. And so, like, it would be, actually probably be ridiculous for me to be like, ooh, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, like, oh, that was probably so hurtful or. It's weird, right? Because, like, I would have thought that for my partner 10 years ago. But, like, where we are now, I'm like, oh, you're so much more. You feel things in such a different way than I thought. And, like, you were programmed to be emotionally suppressed. Right. 
So, uh, yeah, so my response now would say, ouch, that really hurt me, that comment, and then look at him and say, like, are you okay? Like, you know, like, how do you feel about what was just said? And then it puts it on him, and then he can make a decision from there, but I'm still going to say it was ouch. It still made me uncomfortable. There you go. All right. Okay, we got to do Dear Emma and Jen. Oh, my God. Can't play play this one. Yes. This is going to be a 10-part in-law series. Okay. Do you want me to read it? You want to read it? Yeah, you can you read it to me? Of course can you say balls I can. too? Yeah, I'll put balls in there. <laughs> Dear M and Jen, balls. <laughs> Helpful? <laughs> Didn't fit. I'll find another place. My partner's family's closeness is causing a strain on our marriage as it feels like I'm always an afterthought. Their parents come first, then siblings, then me. I had always felt bad for wanting my partner to create more distance. I started to think I was a bad person to even have these thoughts. Who am I to tell them they're too close with their family? To hear it discussed in the enmeshment episode, I felt as if a piano was lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah, that's heavy. Like giving a vision to a blind man. But I don't know what or how to discuss it. Should I seek a therapist to to speak to myself? Should we seek couples therapy? I know you said, perhaps jokingly, to send the podcast to friends and family, but I know that would be a disaster help. Okay, so the first thing is... One, I think you should have a place to talk about this individually, but also individual therapy is for personal empowerment. Couples therapy is for relational empowerment. Which one do you want to do? I think it's probably beneficial to do both in this situation, but I think also to have an ability, this is clearly um, an mesh system, right? If you felt like, holy fuck, this is the answer, and they use the word, lifted a piano off my shoulders that shit's heavy so it feels this heavy it probably means you have actually tried other ways to do this you have thought about this often this feels like a big topic which is one of the reasons why i say it could be helpful to do some individual work and also say to your partner i love you and you and i matter so much and i want to find a really great way for our relationship to blue and glossom that is not about cutting your family off but finding a different way to function within all of this I also wonder if it might be important to let your partner know what this feels like for you. Your partner has been in this relationship with their family their whole lives and have been in a relationship with you only a, a right. We don't know how long a portion of their lives. And so they might not have a sense of how this feels for you to you know, feel like you're coming coming in third next to the rest of the family. And so if you do need individual therapy in order to develop that individual empowerment to get to that place where you can express this is how it feels. And I wonder, do you even fully understand what this is like for you? Do you feel like an outsider? Do you feel, you know, like you're last on on the the list of priorities? What is this like for you? And how can you express that to your partner in a way where maybe they can really empathize with it? Because we stick with the things that are comfortable for us, right? And if this relationship has been comfortable for your partner for their whole lives, then making that change is going to be uncomfortable. But it's important because creating a boundary around your romantic relationship is essential in order to continue to build on your relationship together. And I think it's also important to have patience with your partner while they, if they do these twitches, right, to know that like there could be a lot of fear when you are moving and adjusting in a mesh system. There's a lot of fear about what's going to happen to me. 
because sometimes if I try to change the dynamic within the system, I can get kicked out of it. And that is really fucking scary to think that like this could hurt my family. I could lose my spot and roll in the family. So you have to understand also like to have a lot of patience while your partner is sort of sorting this all out. Right. And with that, it might take multiple Times I multiple, like at 10,000 conversations. 10,000. Co- I mean, multiple, that equals 10,000, right? Like Ten, multiple is like three. You're like, no, no, this isn't insane. You're going to talk about this the rest you're of your gonna, life. You're going to keep having conversations and it might continue to change, right? If you decide to have children, if you, you know, so it might, you might have to continue to have this conversation over and over and over again so that your partner really understands where you're coming from. And that's so you can create a different type of system within your family unit. And that's it for today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We will be back next week with part two and then probably part 10,000 by the end of this. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. Follow us um, at Shrink Chicks. And if you are hearing any of this and say, I got some work to do, we'd love to hook you up with one of our amazing clinicians at the therapy group. If you are in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Florida, Delaware or California, we would love to get you set up with a phenomenal clinician that fits for you. And at the end of the day, don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? We're gonna uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.